This is Orion CKB. Welcome up your ROAS. This is a story I have to share with you all. everyone and welcome back to Up Your ROAS. Today we've got Kylie Chen with us, the Director of Operation and Strategy at Akinella Expeditions. Welcome to the podcast, Kylie. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Amanda. I'm very excited. <laughs> of course. So we usually have everybody kind of give us a little bit about themselves and give us a fun fact. So why don't you just give us a quick overview? Yeah, so you already know my name. It's Kylie. Um, I work for Akinella Expeditions, kind of a, a boutique, a multi-locational travel company. I was lucky enough to be a part of the founding team, so it's been really fun to be, you know, with the organization from the start. And a fun fact about me: it's it's funny. People actually call me Squirrel in the office because my favorite thing, what I eat all the time, are fruit and nuts. Specifically, I love peanuts and I love peanut butter. I love all fruit and I'm always the one popping popcorn. <laughs> so peanut butter and popcorn are my things and you can call me squirrel. <laughs> that's that's probably one of my favorite fun facts I've ever heard. Uh, I, one of the, I thought maybe it was because my husband also teasingly calls me that, but it's because I'm super ADHD. <laughs> That might be really why for me as well, but it could also know, be, cover up. you know, that's too funny. <laughs> yeah. I, I just get very easily distracted. And so he calls me, he calls me squirrel uh, sometimes as well. That's, I love that. But well, why don't you give us, uh, give our listeners a little bit about, you know, Akinella, kind of more of what you guys do, how it came about, that sort of thing. Yeah. So Akinella Expedition, as I mentioned before, is a boutique kind of travel operator. We focus on building out multi-locational, very experiential expeditions around the world through a team of local artisans in all of the areas that we work. So we really focus on, you know, artisan inspired travel experiences, whether it's in the culinary arts, whether it's, you know, trekking up Kilimanjaro or, you know, learning about the architecture of Taj Mahal. You know, those are all kind of examples of experiences that we include on our expeditions that really make them unique. And I would say as a follow-up to that, our company was actually founded on the basis of impact. We really focus on, you know, going into areas and building up the small small businesses of these artisans to be able to not only utilize them for our experiences and our travelers, but also be able to leave them, you know, with opportunities to really grow in their own area of expertise. So it's a really fun travel niche to be in. It's, you know, definitely kind of a boutique space, but we've really found that there's a niche for this type of travel. And it's very exciting for us because we're able to inspire you know, travelers all around the world to, to go on these expeditions to unique locations and also have a very, very positive impact on sustainable eco ecotourism in the regions where we work, like Africa, Asia, Eastern Europe. So that, that in as a nutshell, is, is what, what a canal is about and what we do. And we were founded about four years ago. I'm very humble about the founding. <laughs> I say that, you know, I was on the founding team. I actually was, was the founder of the company from the beginning, but now it's transitioned into something that is way, way more beyond what I can do on my own. And I'm very lucky to have a very solid team to be working right beside me. Way to bury the lead with that one. 
<laughs> like, I know. I'm director, director of operation and strategy, but really, I kind of found it, but no biggie. I mean, it's hard, and I mentioned that before, uh, before this call to you, Amanda, I think is, you know, it's, there's so many, a company is really, is, is really about its team. It, it's success come from its team. And, you know, I could put my title as founder, I could put my title as CEO, any of those. Um, and that's something that's, you know, very, very always difficult for me to decide. So as of, as of right now, you know, I feel like the, the director of operations and strategy is a good fit. I don't know what it'll be in a, a couple months or a year, but yeah, long story short, uh, found <laughs> it. Yeah. You mentioned that your company is sort of changing the boutique travel, uh, marketplace and that you guys were doing ecotourism and, you know, sort of making a sustainable impact on these areas that you're traveling to. How is it sort of set apart from maybe other boutique travel experiences? Yeah, I think one of one of the main things is that we we work directly with these local artisans. So they essentially are members of our team. So internationally, if you look at the the size of the Akinella team, you know, we're 200 plus strong. So by working directly, you know, with these incredibly talented individuals in all these regions, we're able to, I guess, more intimately and more authentically put together immersive experiences for our travelers, which means that, you know, the basis of what they are experiencing on these Canal expeditions are what the locals experience. Still very nice experiences. You know, we work with study abroad students, which are budget all the way up to corporate incentive retreats, which are, you know, very high end luxury travelers. But across the spectrum, because we have this model of working, you know, directly with the local boutique hotels that are maybe 20 rooms or smaller and encompass the architecture of the region and the cuisine of the region and are absolutely beautifully made, it's, it really adds to the experience, as well as working directly with the restaurant chefs or home cooks to, you know, be able to put on real-time cooking lessons and you know, culinary discussions for our guests, or, you know, even just very talented artisans, painters, sculptors, um, trekking guides. I mean, the, the title for an artisan, I feel like is, is, is often loosely used. But what we really define it as is any local from from a community who has a talent or expertise in a certain area, because they've lived there, and they've experienced something for so long. There's you know, they built up this expertise in, in a certain area that just can't be can't be outdone. So, you know, by working directly with these people all across the spectrum from cuisine to experiences to hotels or, you know, boutique stays, it really offers a level of authenticity and an experience that is ultimately what sets us apart in the space. I might have to talk to our uh, C-suite about <laughs> some of those corporate experiences, I think. Yeah. yeah. I'll, yeah I'll, I'll be like, by the way, you should listen to the latest podcast. I have a little hint uh, on what our next trip should be. <laughs> but now, you know, you mentioned that you're able to really curate these experiences for your customers. How do you go about finding these customers? What is your first step in your customer acquisition? Yeah, this is something that you know, was a struggle in the beginning. And that I feel like has really ultimately, you know, led once we figured out how to do this and what strategies worked well for us has really brought us success. You know, client acquisition is the first step in, you know, being able to 
sell or offer your, your service to, to the people that, um, you know, you're, you're trying to tap into or the market you're trying to tap into. One of our first strategies, you know, started, started in, in social media, but we quickly realized that, you know, we needed the numbers in social media. You know, we needed numbers of, of people, of followers to actually kind of build an engagement around the messages we were sharing, whether it's on, it was on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, whatever it may be. So, you know, our focus this past year has, you know, really changed to how do we grow, you know, our engagement and our following on the social media channels as well as our email list. I would say right now our, our email list is, is definitely one of our most valuable assets as far as client, actual customer or, you know, expeditioner um, acquisition, as we call them. A big, big area for us was actually getting involved in the sweepstakes arena. We've, we found ourselves in a unique niche because as a travel, a boutique, you know, travel provider in this area of artisan travel and, you know, and impact experiences and adventure and culinary travel, you know, we really could offer a great, great giveaway prize package to so many uh, people that are interested in, you know, taking such an experience as well as to so many companies who are willing to partner. So, you know, by, by entering into this area of promotion through giveaways, which is just one area of promotion, but it, it actually segued into something larger than that. It segued into strategic partnerships with some pretty large companies, all the top travel magazines, top, top car companies. And so it's really been a great way, one, to grow our email list, two, grow our social media following, therefore, you know, and grow these strategic partnerships, which has allowed us to really leverage things such as content creation and content sharing and public relations, which has also been huge in one email acquisition followed by, you know, client acquisition or, you know, actually uh, converting these people into uh, to become expeditioners and inspire them to travel with us. I love that you guys call them expeditioners. They're <laughs> I know. part of it. They're a part yeah. of us. They're a part of our community by, by coming with us. And we really find that actually a lot of people that travel with us travel with us we have more people that travel with us twice than once wow if that makes yeah. sense so yeah they definitely become expeditioners that's our goal if you know if they're not if they're just coming as a client then uh you know we, we don't feel like we really absorb them into our community which is what we're hoping for especially with a company like Akinala it's different in the sense that you know it's not like you do something once and that's all there is obviously like if you do one experience, maybe you're going to, you know, Italy and doing an experience there. There's nothing to say that the next time you wouldn't go to London or uh, Norway or Estonia or, you know, there's so many. It's not like there's a uh, a, a dearth of uh, places to visit or cool <laughs> yeah. things to do around the world. But what channels do you, of uh, social do you guys use more frequently, do you think? And do you have a different strategy between the channels? Yeah, um, I would say as of right now, most important, the most important channel for us is Instagram. I think Instagram right now is really changing the face of, of social media in a sense. Okay, that might have been like a, a little big of a remark. But anyways, with them involving Insta stories now and and swipe through to websites, it, it's really, you know, a, a valuable platform for us to reach, you know, a certain demographic audience. Followed by that, you know, Facebook is also, I would say, you know, kind of a second to that because it reaches 
a little bit older of a demographic. So we find that, you know, the Instagram is, is number one for us. You know, we're able to share beautiful photos. We're able to connect people directly with, you know, the, the expedition to that area or the content that we're sharing from that area that's on our website and kind of pull them further into our community. You know, while we're tar- and we're targeting kind of a, a really niche demographic for us, which is, you know, 25, probably to late 30 type of millennial audience, which is, you know, definitely kind of an emerging travel market within this boutique space. Yeah. And, and following up on that, Facebook, you know, does, does a similar thing, but actually targets for us an older demographic, you know, it tends to be maybe more of the, not always, but you know, the more of the retired individuals or kind of a little bit older of a, you know, 35, 40 plus audience that we're attracting there. So it's interesting. We actually use them to target different audiences. Really the other main one that we use a lot and that is also a huge focus for us moving forward is is YouTube. This also targets a little bit younger of a demographic, but we found that um, as a company, we are very involved in the travel preparation aspect prior to the departure of our travelers or expeditioners, posting videos like packing lists or, you know, how to pack for a certain location or what to bring or, you know, the best type of backpack to use. Those are things that people are searching for constantly on Google. They're looking for articles that posting on our blog as well as creating these YouTube videos. So while also a new endeavor, also one that we've seen a lot of traffic and a lot of essentially you new know, client acquisition from. Well, and that makes sense, Deli, going back to what is your customer looking for? Definitely packing. I, I mean, I make those decisions. I struggle with that even when I'm going to visit my parents down in South Florida and I visited them, <laughs> I don't know how many times and was born down there. So I can't imagine planning a trip to a new country being like, all right, what do I need to pack? So that's brilliant on your side. When you mentioned at first too with Facebook targeting an older demo, I didn't know if that was a, a dig at the older millennials or if you actually meant an older demo. So <laughs> I'm glad that you actually do mean older, yeah. um, like retirees and stuff. Because people will say Facebook's an older demo and by older demo they yeah. mean like over 25 and I'm like alright guys, <laughs> that's not old. That's the just older a <laughs> different range of millennials. But anyways, especially mentioning Instagram, I absolutely agree that it makes perfect sense for a travel company to be on the most visual of mediums because that's really that's what people want that's what people see those pictures and they're like yes yeah and one thing I failed to mention is it's also one of the best outlets to connect with influencers which is kind of the new the new marketing trend I'm sure we'll hop into that later but yeah So you specifically mentioned YouTube impacting your growth. Have you put any paid acquisition behind that or is it just sort of more organic? To be honest, our first strategy tends to be organic. For YouTube, we've definitely stayed stayed true to that. Also, you know, something that we're looking at too is is leveraging the, you know, the 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 paid ad infrastructure, but how we've used YouTube up to this point has really been to educate our travelers on kind of the different, you know, preparation strategies needed, like like I mentioned, such as packing lists, what to bring, what are the best products. And it's actually been a really great way for us, once again, to collaborate with companies that we feel, you know, really offer kind of great travel gear or great insight to, you know, the travel preparation process. But we are actually launching something pretty soon that will involve influencers in our YouTube Ooh. marketing. Yeah. and it, Exclusive. <laughs> yeah. And it, it'll be, you know, we've really been focused lately on providing consistent content on YouTube because that is one thing that 
you know, it was really, really key in keeping your audience engaged, you know, and therefore kind of our strategy moving forward is to involve people that are really, you know, experts in, in certain areas or have a large following in the travel industry, whatever niche it may be, to actually come on kind of like a vlogging platform that we're launching on YouTube to be able to share their insights on, you know, whatever area of, of travel expertise they, they uh, can share. We're very lucky because we have a lot of leverage to, you know, provide things such as travel experiences to really motivate people to be able to provide us with this content. So it's actually a really unique niche to be in because we have a lot to offer influencers that allow us to be able to work with a, a lot within, you know, a smaller budget, to be honest, as of right now, which is really, really great as, you know, we're still in this space of a lot of growth. But yeah, I mean, so that's been our strategy moving, moving for thus far, but um, one that we're vamping up. Now, you did mention as well, that you sort of prospect expeditioners, you know, and how you sort of reach them the first time around. How do you go about retargeting some of these expeditioners? And how do you, you know, one of the things you mentioned, the consistent content keeps people engaged. Are there any other strategies that you guys use to keep people engaged and around and that kind of thing? Yeah, this, I think, is one of the most difficult things in marketing is to continue to keep your your community engaged your clients engaged or your subscribers engaged and I think for us that really comes down to focusing on really understanding who our expeditioners are especially those who have traveled with us or those who have showed a lot of interest and we feel are right are ready to take that next step and that comes down to you know one really you know strategically segmenting so that you kind of have, have created subcategories of, of kind of where people are across the spectrum so that you can really, you know, hit them when the timing is right with kind of like the next step to move forward or with an article that really inspires them. We are working on, you know, really understanding where people's travel interests are based on the content that they look at based on past decisions or past purchases that they've made or discussions that we've had with them as far as, you know, dream locations or kind of, you know, what their goals are as far as exploring the world and, and traveling are. So, you know, when it, for us, when it comes down to retargeting our customers or even retargeting our subscribers who are part of our community but haven't traveled with us yet, it really comes down to understanding who those people are as well as, ensuring that all of the content that we're putting out is kind of new and exciting and eye-catching and is really providing something valuable to them, not necessarily selling them on something. Because the more that they can feel close and a part of the community, the, the better we are at engaging them and acquiring them, you know, multiple times as a customer or as we say, taking them on multiple trips as, you know, one of our expeditioners. And one thing I wanted to say, Amanda, further point or a point in the past that you mentioned is I think nowadays we are, you know, customers by identity. And what I mean by that is we, we buy things or we make purchases, not necessarily based on what we want, but the community that we want to be a part of. So that is so important to build up that community that people want to be a part of and they want to have those experiences and they want that for, you know, more than just a single purchase. They want it as more of a kind of like a lifelong hobby or a lifelong connection. Absolutely. You, you said focus on really understanding your audience, but that's something that has come up no matter who we've talked to, no matter what the topic is, 
every almost every podcast we were joking in one of them that we should rename the podcast know your audience because oh it's so important it it, it comes up with everything and and you know we talked last time to somebody who said also that we talked about you might think you know your audience and you know you look at the data and there's maybe a segment you didn't realize was as interested or that sort of thing but knowing your audience in terms of engagement has come up literally almost every time that might be like the subtitle now from now on know your audience (laughs) yeah know your audience and so but it's interesting too that you mentioned that you know as much as we're digital and as much as we are moving to being digital that uh, there's something about a human touch point still that helps move people down the funnel and helps motivate people to be to be a part of something so I also find that very interesting that that comes up a lot too that as much as we as much as we want everything at our fingertips, we want, as you mentioned, the community connection, the personal connection. So it's kind of an interesting sort of dichotomy between we want everything easily accessible, but we also still want to be a part of that human connection. You mentioned too, you you sort of touched on using influencers as part of your growth strategy. Have you been able to combine influencer marketing with paid social advertising and that sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, influencer marketing is, or, you know, the influencer space across all of social media, across even into the blog space is so huge right now. And it's, I think, because of one reason, influencers have a loyal following. So what's funny is when people ask us, you know, what type of, you know, influencers do you target? How are you getting these, you know, influencers with 2 million followers? Sometimes those influencers actually are not even the best. Sometimes the the influencers with, you know, 10,000, 50,000 actually provide more engagement than the larger ones. Because I think it comes down to one thing um, we found is it comes down to loyal the followers are to that influencer. And that's something that's hard to gauge, you know, across social media channels. But yeah, no, this is definitely an area that we are focused on because we are looking for people in the in the travel space. And it's actually really hard to find an influencer that is not involved in travel. Like, like right. really hard. I actually posed that question to my team. I'm like, hey, can, can anyone find an influencer that, like, would say no to us? Would say no, like, I don't like traveling or no, this isn't in my niche. So that's one plus we have going for us is that a lot of these influencers, that's kind of one of their main goals is to be able to, you know, receive these intangible travel perks. And so that's great. That's great leverage for us. We, you know, when we're able to pull these influencers on, they share something for us and they go on an experience and they portray that with their audience. We get a lot of engagement, those people, and they, and they call it out. They say, oh, I saw so-and-so doing this experience and I wanted to check out your company. It seems so great. Like, looks so incredible. I'd love to have an experience like that for my family and I or for my boyfriend and I or for myself. And so that's that's been really exciting to see in our unique niche of travel, you know, as long as we're able to identify those influencers that can really bring that engagement with their audience, not necessarily, you know, kind of like just the massive amount of following, but the engagement, those are the people that trust them and trust that, you know, they're their experience was wonderful for them and therefore you know it's something that that their followers would like to do as well yeah I, I really just rambled there did that make any sense <laughs> yeah no it made a lot of sense no I liked it and I think that that's all really really helpful and now what has been the most successful method you've seen a 
optimizing traffic across channels. You mentioned influencers, but have you combined that with any other sort of paid social or have you combined the video with using influencers in that? What What's sort of been the best, most successful method you've seen across channels? I would I would go back to influencers, content sharing amongst influencers. We like we are a company, of, like I mentioned, about authenticity. When they see an influencer or someone that they really admire share something that really touched them, that's authentic. That's an authentic, you know, piece of information, piece of marketing information that's being shared with people who also are you know, in a demographic that would be interested in that experience. So for us, you know, these, these travel experiences, when a, when one of our influencers, you know, shares such an experience or shares an expedition or a piece of information or whatever that marketing material may be, it's authentic. It's coming from them and therefore their following or the, across the social media channels knows that. And they're more likely to turn to us to want that same authentic experience. So, you know, our method to really optimize traffic across channels is to continue to be authentic and look for specifically for people who fit within our, you know, our culture, who are people who, you know, would travel on these types of trips and therefore use them to be able to share their experience and exactly how, how their experience was as authentic as they can to be able to, you know, bring people to our brand or to our community. And we've only just tapped into it. There's so much more potential. And it's almost like I'm sitting on the edge of my chair, just like, okay, like, <laughs> like we need, you know, what's the next step forward? So it's, it's just been incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, I think it goes back to what I was mentioning earlier. It's not that, you know, you, you, you're not running out of places to visit. So I feel like it's sort of, there's so much to offer there. And, you know, the whole concept of authenticity, that's really something that we mentioned in our influencer ebook, actually, uh, about that, that that's one of the pieces of using influencers that's really strong and really great and really able to help brands. You know, we, we, we recommend sort of using them in conjunction. Some companies that handle paid social don't, you know, they sort of poo-poo on influencers. We're like, no, they... They have a they have a place in this space as yeah. much as, as paid social. Um, and, and, you know, we talk about combining the two. Um, I know it's been re- really effective for Laser Away, which is a laser hair removal commercial, is that they use some of the videos created by the influencers in their paid social because it is authentic, because it's granted that's getting like laser hair removal. So it's a little bit of a different <laughs> experience than going on a trip. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things, too, that that. that really sort of transcends because it's authentic and it's you know you see that influencer and you connect with them and they're able to really sort of translate that across the board that could be an interesting preparation piece of like material with a laser hair removal company i mean i think that's something that many people need prior to a journey right you know you never know i mean i guess it depends on where you're going too so if, if it's somewhere cold you might want to keep all all your body hair <laughs> so but yeah i mean if i'm going to brazil i'm probably going to want to get some laser hair removal on that there you go that might just be me i don't know shout out to Laserway, awesome awesome company but you know what has surprised you the most out of using both traditional and you know sort of non-traditional influencer based acquisition efforts yeah you know actually i feel like you you kind of just answered that question <laughs> um i no 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 I'm, I'm serious it's it's interesting but both are needed like if, if you're doing one and you're not doing the other 
then it's almost like you're you're losing credibility in one sense because people see both. Yeah, they're targeting different demographics. Maybe they're targeting different people. P- people know, you know, people are, are seeing both. And when you can strategically combine those, I love the example that you gave. Um, and that's, you know, we do a similar thing, you know, utilizing kind of the, the content that comes from these influencers or the messaging in, you know, in your in your paid social advertising. You know, really what surprised me is that, you know, if you put too much emphasis in one and not the other, you're actually not as successful. But it's also interesting because, Another thing that surprised me is that it's also, you know, it's also a timing game and a lot of it, I mean, I'm not sure how it is for other companies, but, you know, sometimes it's a lot of A-B testing. I mean, it's still, you know, when you're you're a new company, I mean, we're, we're only four years old. So yeah, you know, we've been around, but we're still, (laughs) we're still learning things every day. I'm still, you know, my team teaches me new things every single day that I am like, if I would have known this like five years ago or before the company even started, like wow, I would have been, we would have been so much better off. So, you know, using both is so important and, you know, just understanding the timing, you know, when do you use influencers? When do you use the social, you know, the, the paid? How do you strategically co- combine them? And, and really, you know, what's the message you're sharing? I think that's the end thing. What's, it's not necessarily what content you're sharing. It's, you know, what surprised me is that it's, it's, it's really your call to action. Like what at the core of, your influencer marketing strategy, your paid social strategy, what, what's your call to action? What are you trying to get people to do? And yeah, okay, it's to sell your product or your service, but it can't come across as that, and it shouldn't. It's, you know, it's more than that. What are these followers that these, these individuals are gaining from, from clicking through to the ad or from engaging further with the influencer who's sharing your information? Maybe, you know, they want to be inspired through a travel experience or they want to, to go to a location that they've always dreamed of or they're really looking to change their perspective through visiting a certain country. And so I think messaging also really comes down to, or what it, what it comes down to also is, you know, h- how are you messaging? How are you strategically positioning these ads or these marketing strategies for your client acquisition? I think that that is so true is, is you don't, you want to walk a fine line between the two of them. And like you said, you don't want to go too far in one direction. Well, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast and now I'm really psyched. Like I need to go back on your website and start looking up some trips, maybe surprise my husband uh, with a trip for our new year's wedding anniversary. But do you have any, before we go, do you have any best practices or sort of three to four takeaways that people can use to engage potential customers? Yeah, definitely. I actually have four. Perfect. <laughs> you know, definitely the first one that I would back to is the, the just the concept of being being authentic. And, you know, a close second to that is don't try too hard. I mean, we're all human. We all have similar mindsets or, you know, we're all human. We understand what the human experience is like it's through different lenses, definitely. But, you know, by being authentic and, and not trying too hard, making your keeping, you know, keeping your content vulnerable, keeping it real. <laughs> keeping it real um is so important third after those two would I would say is is be consistent but through that consistency offer surprises so you know you you need to build that credibility and you need to build that that brand image is so important to continue continually be there and do that in front of your audience but also throw in surprises you know we want life to be fun especially if you're in a fun industry so be consistent yet you know hold back those prizes and surface surprises and surface them when needed and the fourth one Amanda you're gonna love this is it's so true 
understanding your audience is is ultimately what it comes down to. No, because I don't I don't want to buy something or partake of something from someone who doesn't understand me and my needs. So if you can really understand, which is hard to do, but if you can understand what your subscriber base or you know your your clients are looking for, then you can really serve them well. Well, I think those are four fantastic tips. Just to recap, you mentioned keep it simple, but be authentic and be vulnerable with your audience. Be consistent, but offer surprises and know your audience. Um, I'm not joking. I think we might need to rename the podcast, but it's something that I think in this space, if you're going to succeed, you have to know that and you have to be aware of that and, and be willing to grow and change and adapt. But at the same time, knowing who your sort of core expeditioners are, that really helps you to, to to continue with what you're doing. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time. And I know it's, you know, I don't know if our listeners realize, but Kylie's on the West Coast. So she got up to record this before going into the office. So we really appreciate it. And I don't know if Akinella has a, a tagline or anything, if you have a sign off before we head out. I mean, I always just say, like when you travel, think about why you're traveling. And with that, really, really look at traveling with an impact and on yourself and on the areas where you're going. And you'll find a lot of surprises and an incredible experience. I totally agree. And if anybody wants to learn more about Akinella Expeditions, you can check out their website at www.ac. A-N-E-L-A dot com. Thank you again, Kylie. And yeah. we appreciate you all for listening. And we'll check back in with you in two weeks. Thanks. To share with you all. Yeah.